You can turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 27, 14. Well, it's, uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I've really looked forward to our time together. You, you may remember that I preached on a proverb in the fall. I preached on Proverbs 26, 11, a very, a very memorable proverb. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. So tonight we'll look at another proverb. And the plan for our summer evening services is to study a few more of these proverbs together. So that what we'll do, that's what we'll do this summer. So this proverb might be more well-known, Proverbs 27:14. I picked it because I was thinking about the end of school and the start of the, and the start of the summer. Be honest, show of hands, who's looking forward to some extra sleep this summer? Anyone? I see one hand. Well, maybe. Okay. You could, you could write out this proverb and, and tape it to your bedroom door. And, uh, and you might get some extra sleep. Well, I will read us, I will read this proverb twice and then pray. So Proverbs twenty-seven fourteen. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. Let's pray. Father, it is such a delight to to be together tonight. Another opportunity to worship you and to do so outdoors. Thank you for this time. Father, your word says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And we live in a world that says the fear of self is the beginning of knowledge. We live in a world that says the self, the individual, has all authority. And that's just not true. And we pray that you would give us grace to, to see your wisdom and to respond accordingly. Teach us to fear you and may we grow in knowledge. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I've said before, Proverbs are like the jolly ranchers of God's word. They're like the jolly ranchers of God's word. A jolly rancher is small, but you can't eat it quickly. You can't swallow it. You can't chew it. You have to suck on it. In the same way, a proverb is small, but you can't, you can't digest it quickly. It's, you're supposed to meditate on it, to suck on it. And that's what we'll do together as we reflect on this proverb. So it's like a jolly rancher. We're going to suck on it tonight. We need wisdom to live as God wants us to live. We need wisdom to live with and not against the grain of God's reality. We need wisdom to live in a world that's messy and complicated as, as we all know. Our proverb tonight focuses on words. It focuses on greetings, more specifically on good words, on blessings, whoever blesses his neighbor. But these blessings, too, are complicated in the world that we live in. To quote from one of my favorite novels, The Hobbit, Good morning, said Bilbo. And he meant it. The sun was shining. The grass was very green. But Gandalf, he looked at him from under long, bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of his shady hat. What do you mean, he said. Do you wish me a good morning? Or mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? 
or that you feel good this morning, or that it is a morning to be good on? Well, all of them at once, said Bilbo. And later, good morning, Bilbo said at last. We don't want any adventures here, thank you. You might try over the hill or across the water. By this he meant that the conversation was at an end. What a lot of things you do use good morning for, said Gandalf. Now you mean that you want to get rid of me, and that it won't be good till I move off. Who would have thought that a simple good morning could be taken in so many different ways? Good morning can be taken in so many different ways. As Gandalf pointed out, a blessing is complicated. And that's one reason why we have this proverb. So whoever blesses his neighbor, whoever blesses his neighbor, this blessing could be a cheerful greeting. The proverb could be saying, in other words, whoever greets his neighbor, a good morning. How are you? Happy Memorial Day. But is it, is it a mere greeting? Is that all that it is? Probably not. We know this because of the very last word in the proverb. If you look at the proverb, that last word is cursing. Now think about it. What's the antithesis of cursing? It's not a greeting, but blessing. Blessing. And these two words seem to be in parallel. So as you think about a blessing, think of someone like Solomon. In 1 Kings, it says that he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice. Or think of a benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Think of that. Or think of how we bless others with simple words like grace be with you or peace. So as you study this proverb, as you look at it, It's talking about a blessing. It's a good benedictory word. It's not a nasty word. It's not a cutting word. We know what those words are like, but that's not what's in view here. It's a good word, a blessing. Whoever blesses his neighbor. Okay, so far so good. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong with with a, a blessing? Well, we keep reading. Whoever blesses his neighbor... With a loud voice. Uh oh. He's too loud. It's not a normal, natural volume. It's it's springtime. Think of a bird shrilling right outside your window. It's too loud. It's a good word that's spoken too loudly, too excitedly, too imposingly. So stop for a second and think about that. This proverb is teaching us something. It's teaching us that it's possible to say a good word in the wrong way. A good word in the wrong way. The very volume of our voice. Think about that. The very volume of our voice can either make or or break a blessing. The volume of our voice makes a difference. Not only that, it's also possible to say a right word in the wrong way and at the wrong time. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning. We get this, right? Please let me wake up first. Has anyone said that or, or something similar? Maybe not as, maybe not as polite. <laughs> Please let me wake up first. We get this. There's a right time to say something good. And the wrong time is early in the morning with a loud voice. Now, I think this is comforting. 
It is. It's comforting. It's comforting to know that God, God knows how we look and feel in the morning. He knows. He knows how you look and feel in the morning. And that's one of the reasons why he gave us this proverb. For, for our sakes, as we wake up in the morning. God knows. Well, the proverb finishes like this. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. Now, who do you think, who do you think the agent is here? Who is doing the counting? Who is doing the considering? Who's the agent? In other words, turn the passive voice into the active voice. So-and-so will count the blessing as cursing. So-and-so, blank, will count the blessing as cursing. Who's so-and-so? Well, he's, on one hand, he's the neighbor. The neighbor, the, the person who got woken up or, or blessed early in the morning, he will count the blessing as cursing. But probably more is in view here. It's not just the neighbor. So-and-so is probably also God. God himself will count the blessing as cursing. He is Lord over all of life, over all of life, including early morning blessings, including the things that we say early in the morning. Every word, Every way of speaking, the very volume of our voices, every time of day is accountable to him. He is Lord. So how do God and the neighbor both take the blessing? They both take it as a curse, as cursing. A right word in the wrong way at the wrong time is a wrong word. The blessing becomes a cursing. The, the benediction becomes a malediction. Do you see that? A good word in the wrong way at the wrong time becomes a wrong word, a, a, a cursing. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Now, let's think for a few moments here about the one who gave the blessing, the blesser, the one who gave the blessing. Do you think, as you look at this proverb, do you think he meant well, but simply blew it? Do you think he meant well, but blew it? Were his intentions good, but just poorly executed? What do you think? Did the blesser mean well? Perhaps, perhaps he meant well, but I think, I think a more, another scenario is more likely it's more likely that the blesser did not actually mean well. He didn't mean well. This proverb pictures someone who, at the the core, someone who wants something for himself. He wants something and calculates how to get it. I know. I know what I'll do. I'll bless my neighbor. I'll, I'll butter him up. I'll flatter him. Let me get his attention. Let me attract his notice. Let me impress him. So he really doesn't mean well here. He doesn't mean well. It's it's really a show. He's self-seeking. He's insincere or disingenuous or hypocritical. But in his excitement, in his excitement to get what he wants by giving a blessing, he speaks too loudly and too early and he betrays himself. He says a right word in the wrong way at the wrong time time and for the wrong reason. And what's the result? 
Is the neighbor fooled? Is God fooled? None of them or neither of them are fooled. No, they count it as cursing. There's a lot in these Proverbs. There's a lot in these Proverbs. Now let's think for a moment about ourselves. In this proverb, we see someone blessing his neighbor in the wrong way, at the wrong time, and for the wrong reason. How are you at speaking good words? How are you at speaking blessings, good words to others? How are you at speaking good words in the right way, even with the, wrong, the right volume? How are you at speaking good words in the right way and at the right time? And only that, but how are you at speaking good words in the right way, at the right time, and for the right reason? For the right reason. Truly seeking the blessing of a neighbor, not wanting something, something for yourself by means of the blessing. As we think about it, as we suck on this proverb, as we reflect on it together, we see that we need wisdom. We all need wisdom. Even non-Christians get that there's this universal problem, this universal human problem. To quote one person, right time, right place, right people equals success. Wrong time, wrong place, wrong people equals most of the real human history. Most of the real human history. People, people realize that we're not good. We're not good at this. Even speaking good words in the right way at the right time for the right reason. Even non-Christians get there's something wrong. Well, one of the things we do when we look at God's wisdom is we look at the world's wisdom and see and compare, and compare the two. Does the world have an answer to this universal predicament? What does the world have to say? Does the world have an answer? Will a New York Times best-selling book give us the wisdom that we need? Will a, will a Google article? Something like this. Ten ways to say the right thing every time. Will that, will that, is that the wisdom that we need? Ten ways to say the right thing every time. Well, as I read down through that article, okay, some of this seems helpful. It, it, it could be helpful. There are some good things there. But when you press the wisdom of the world, when you press it, when you really look at it, you start to see its bankruptcy. You start to see that it can't hold water. Without God, when you remove God from your worldview, how do you even know the difference between right and wrong? When you remove God from the equation, the one who defines what's right, how do you even know what's a right word to say in the right way at the right time and for the right reason? How do you know? How do you know? Does the world have an answer? To quote someone else from the world, a right word at the right time will unlock the door to treasures. A right word at the right time will unlock the door to treasures. So the world says, in essence, what, what treasure do you want? What treasure do you want? You will hear this this week in the, in the worldview that bombards us in so many different ways. You will hear 
It's about you and what do you want? What's the treasure that you want? Is it the praise of men and women? Is it pleasure or success or wealth or anything, any number of things? What is it? What's the treasure that you want? Whatever it is, find the right words to say at the right time and you will get it. What's that thing that you want? Learn to say what you need to get it. By itself, worldly wisdom simply makes us more efficient idolaters. By itself, worldly wisdom simply makes us better idolaters. It makes us better at getting what we want. What is, how does an idolater respond to an article like 10 ways to say the right thing every time? Well, it just fuels his idolatry. Here's what I want, and here are some more tools to get there. That's what the world has to offer us. Left to ourselves, we are fools in need of wisdom. We are left to ourselves. We need a wisdom that goes deeper than the wisdom that we'll hear the rest of this week. The wisdom of this world. We need a wisdom outside of ourselves that can reach into our very hearts and change us. Left to ourselves, we can't ever speak. We can't ever speak. Left to ourselves. A right word in the right way at the right time and for the right reason. We just can't. Remember, we live in God's world. world. He defines what's right. And left to ourselves, we can't measure up. But the good news, the good news is that God did not leave us to ourselves. He didn't leave us to to make do with the wisdom of this world. No, the Father sent Jesus, who is the very wisdom of God. That's what we heard in our call to worship earlier. Jesus, the very wisdom of God. So think about Jesus using some of the themes from this proverb. So he's our wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. He's the truly wise man. As God made man, he was perfect. He only ever spoke what was right and wise and good. He only ever spoke what was right. Not only that, he only ever spoke in the right way. The volume of his voice, all of his life was always perfect. He always spoke in the right way and at the right time. He only ever spoke for the right reason, for the glory of God and for the good of the sinners that he came to save. That's the kind of savior we need. We need a savior who can conform to the perfect standard of God's wisdom. And Jesus is that savior. But not only is he the the wise one, not only is he the wisdom of God, but he also became our curse. He became our curse. On the cross, Jesus was punished for us, for our foolishness. In our place, he was punished for our transgressions. He was cursed because that's what our cursing deserves. So he's, he's the wise one. He's the wisdom of God. He became a curse for us. And all of this means, for those who trust in Jesus, all of this means that we have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Unlike the person in this proverb, what did Jesus do? He came and spoke a good word to us, to you and me, at the right time, in the right way, and for the right reason, and it meant our salvation. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He rose from the dead, and all who believe in him have risen to life in him. 
We are joined to the resurrected Christ, and he lives now in heaven to remake us in his wisdom. That's what he's doing. He lives in heaven to remake us in his image, in his wisdom. He is our wisdom who enables us now by his spirit to grow, to to speak a right word, a wise word, a good word in the right way at the right time and for the right reason. As those who have been blessed in Christ, we are freed to genuinely, sincerely bless others. Unlike the person in this proverb, unlike the person who said, I want something and I'll speak a good word to get it. Now in Christ, we can say, selflessly a good word to our neighbor not expecting not wanting anything in return that's what we are freed in christ to do we can selflessly extend the same grace that we have received to put it very simply we have been blessed to bless we have been blessed to bless so at the end of the day we need this proverb we need a proverb like this one we need it because we live in a messy and complicated world. As, as Gandalf observed in The Hobbit, a simple good morning can, can mean so many different things. This is the world that we live in, but God gives us wisdom. So, brothers and sisters, diligently seek the wisdom of God in this proverb. Proverbs 27, 14. Seek the wisdom of God found here. Let's learn as God's people to speak good words, benedictory words to one another, words in the right way, at the right time, and for the right reason. Let's learn to bless others as Christ has blessed us. You could put this proverb on your bedroom door this summer. You could, and you might get some extra sleep, but more importantly, put it on your heart. Put it on your lips. You have been blessed to bless others. So put this proverb on your heart, and may we grow in wisdom until the day when we stand in our Savior's presence made wise forever. Amen.